MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. It is Holden with Beeson. It is the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. I got a lot going on on today's show. Pro Football Focus graded out the Broncos roster, and they say the 14th most talented roster in the NFL. I'll go through their biggest strengths, weaknesses, and an X factor, and we'll talk about that. Uh, good news on the Nikola Jokic Supermax front. Plus, I want to get back into yesterday's trade, dug into it, got a lot to discuss there. Uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, yeah, it's over. We had the Avs parade here. By the time you're listening to this, you were either already there, but it's definitely over. Um, but they had, <laughs> did you see this thing from Lombardi? Uh, broke, you had a guy, two bro- broken foots, uh, two broken feet, broken sternum, abdominal ch- tear, broken thumb. These dudes, five guys on this team with massive, massive injuries, and they all went out and they played with them, with the exception of one. Impressive stuff. Got a Rockies recap as well. Dropped both bets last night. A little disappointed. I didn't know about Herman Marquez's thumb injury. And then uh, I just learned about NFL games being shown at movie theaters. I think that's kind of cool. But anyways, we'll start with the National Football League. So pro football focus, I like pro football focus. Are they the end all be all? No, Uh, but they do a good job crunching the numbers. And they say the Broncos have the 14th most talented roster in the NFL. Hmm, that's interesting. 14th, huh? Well, I must say that top to bottom, maybe the roster is a little bit middling, but when you add Russell Wilson to the mix, I don't think the 14th 
most talented roster is the 14th best team. I think they're one of the top 10 teams. Anyways, they said they're the 14th most talented roster in the NFL, and then they went into the biggest strengths, weaknesses, and an X factor. Now, Pro Football Focus and I are on the same page here. The biggest strength for the Broncos, the secondary, and more specifically, the cornerbacks. I already told you I got a Patrick Sertan 100-1 to Defensive Player of the Year award bet out there. Uh, he was just absolutely remarkable last season, shutting down Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and others. And he's just giving up nothing downfield. Uh, one reception allowed into his coverage on 14 targets of 20 or more yards. You're just not getting explosive plays in the air. I mean, maybe he slips and you break one past him, but that's about the only way. Uh, so you've got Sertan. This is a great strength. Sertan, Justin Simmons. Um, they've got the veterans and Ronald Darby and Quan Williams. You've got Kareem Jackson in there. And here's the guy that's kind of been rising, Michael Ojemudia. So coming out of camp, here's a kid that's getting a lot of buzz. So they add to the depth here with a young player. Now, if you'll remember, he had the hamstring injury last preseason. He was actually carted off and he was gone until the last game of the season. And they lost to the Chargers in that game. The next game, it wasn't the last game of the season. It was the next to the last game of the season because that was week 17. Week 18, he actually balled out. So I like this. Uh, they didn't mention Ojemudia. I needed to add him into this, though, because that's a kid that I think is going to have an impact. And I agree with PFF. Uh, I'll add the, the running back room as a close second as the team's biggest strength. Very, very close. I mean, look at it. Javante, many of us expecting him to be one of the top five running backs in the National Football League with a heavier workload. Melvin Gordon, been there, done that. As far as a number two, there aren't too many better number two running backs. And if Javante, uh, hold your breath, but if he ever went down, you'd still have a capable backup. Plus, there's Mike Boone. So I'll go with the cornerback room and the running back room as the two biggest strengths. What about the weaknesses? What about the weaknesses here? All right, so PFF and I are going to disagree. They're going to go with linebacker. They say um, they didn't prioritize, so they go, the Broncos didn't prioritize linebacker in the draft, leaving Josie Jewell and either Jonas Griffith or Alex Singleton as the starting tandem with little depth behind them, especially with Baron Browning going to an outside linebacker role. So actually, I think that's kind of interesting. I'm there with them. I still think the biggest weakness right now is one position is right tackle. But I will say that linebacker, the inside linebacker, would be a very big concern. See, for me at right tackle, Tom Compton's coming off a career year. But here's a guy that's played mostly guard. Now they want him to play tackle. Billy Turner, who comes back here, he was under Nathaniel Hackett. Turner's injured, you know? He has familiarity with the system, but he's been injured. I'm going to go, my number one concern here would be right tackle. My number two concern would be inside linebacker plus depth. And then I think some depth on the defensive line as well. But lots to be decided here. Lots to be decided here. And ultimately, I'm kind of on the same path with PFF. Although, I'm still going to go right tackle is my biggest concern. Now, they also came up with the X factor. And how can you not say that it's Bradley Chubb? And that's what they said too. Um... He's had two good seasons when he's healthy, right? But 
he was also hurt last year and he was hurt back in 2019. He has to stay healthy. If he's healthy, massive pass rush. You know, you go with Randy Gregory and Nick Benito and boy, uh, Chubb's out there. That is an X factor because now you're getting even more of a pass rush on Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and even Carr. Um, that is a huge X factor. I think so. For me, Jerry Judy will be every bit the X factor. So if Bradley Chubb is X factor A, 1A, then Jerry Judy is 1B. I'm not so sure what we get out of him. I mean, I'm high on the kid too. The, the talent is there. The injuries are there. I'm not going to worry about what happened this offseason. Um, it, it was obviously blown out of proportion. The police should, never should have been involved. But with all that being said, the production just hasn't been there. And I made this analogy yesterday. Imagine being out in Seattle, though, and seeing what DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are this year with Drew Locke and Geno Smith. Not that great, right? I'm not too excited if I'm either one of those wide receivers. So does Russell Wilson take Sutton and Patrick and Judy and turn them into elite receivers? That's going to be the big question for me, and that'll be the big question with Jerry Judy, at least for me. The X factor, Jerry Judy, we'll see. Uh, it's a huge X factor, though. Huge X factor, though. So I'll continue doing some of these Broncos rundowns. We see uh, certain sites coming out with their thoughts on them. I'll be getting a lot more Broncos guests. I'll be giving you a lot more of my thoughts here. But again, going back through it, biggest strength. I'm with PFF on the cornerbacks. Biggest strength. I would throw the running back room in there. Biggest weakness, inside linebacker and depth. Meh. I'm right there with right tackle. And I think depth on the defensive line interior defensive line and then the x factor here judy versus chubb all right give it, chubb is number one judy is right there with him so that's my recap on a little broncos off season so that's number one of the front range for the four biggest sports stories on the front range get into the nuggets in just a second i do want to bring up the abs though if you're at the parade today way to go hot day hot day for the parade but abs plus 450 they are the favorites to repeat they had a wonderful parade, but they also had some big-time injuries, big-time injuries that you never learn about until the Stanley Cup playoffs are over. Check out what happened here. And this is from Vic Lombardi. During the Stanley Cup playoffs, Jared Bednar said Darcy Kemper had to go to the optometrist two to three times a day to retrain his eye. So that was, what, the Edmonton series when he got a stick to the eye and Francois came in, took care of business after that. But, yeah, uh, or was that the series? That was the series before. He had to go to an optometrist two to three times a day to retrain his eye. So that's, that's a massive story right there. Massive story. Did it affect his performance? Possibly. Possibly. It was good enough to get it done, though. Um, you had Nachushkin with a broken foot. Wow. Uh, that kept him out ultimately later in the series, but he played. Burakovsky. <laughs> Burakovsky was playing with a broken foot, and the thumb was what did him in. But there were x-rays they showed of Burakovsky just a clean break. How did these dudes do this? I, I don't understand. You know, you see it in football players. You see it in the NHL, and it's just mind-blowing to me. These are just th – these dudes are from a different ilk. The pain tolerance here. Uh, Kadri had the broken thumb. He came back later in the series to play with that. But the broken thumb obviously 
hinders when he's trying to shoot the puck. Uh, Samuel Gerrard, who was done, broken sternum. And then uh, Darren Helm with an abdominal tear. These are just wicked, wicked injuries that these guys had. But congrats to the Avs. Again, great night. They gave it a standing ovation out there at Coors Field. Everybody's excited for him, including myself. All right, let's get into um, something else. Number three on the front range four will be the Nuggets. That would be something else. And Troy Rank reporting that Jokic is going to sign a Supermax contract this week. Five years, $254 million. The updated odds right now on Bet Rivers, Nuggets to win it all, plus 1,400. It was plus 1,400 before the trade. It's plus 1,400 after the trade. There are eight teams ahead of them. The Warriors are the favorites at plus 450. Now, let's talk about this deal one more time from yesterday. They get Contavious Caldwell Pope, and they get Ish Smith. Will Barton, goodbye. Tremendous, tremendous career here in Denver. Did not fit with this team's championship aspirations because the defense wasn't there, and I think he just tried to take over ball games too much. Sometimes because he had to. Other times it was just reckless. And as far as Morris goes, good player. You know, good, good, solid player. But I think they got somebody that fits this team much better than both those players. And that would be Contavious Caldwell Pope. And if you want to make it really easy, just call him KCP because that's where everybody else calls him in the NBA, KCP. So they needed a shooting guard that can score, shoot the three, and be a top-level defender. You know what they did? They got Caldwell Pope. And he's a knockdown three-point shooter. 41% and 39% the last two years. 39.3% on catch-and-shoot threes, by the way. And he's always guarding, if not the best, one of the top two options on the other team. So here you go. That 3 and D wing that the, uh, the team's been looking for now for, what, three years? Minimum three years, probably longer than that. They got the guy. So, yes, Will Barton, he's got a skill set. Monte Morris got a skill set, but their skill set does not feature the knockdown three-pointer and the defensive stud that they got in KCP. And as far as Ish Smith is, is concerned, maybe he comes, maybe he plays here. Maybe he's let go. I mean, for me, he's what, the third point guard on the team? Murray, Bones, this is going to open up so much playing time for Bones off the bench. Boy, they love that kid. And then Ish Smith. And they're not going to be done. There's a lot more things they need to do to finish off this roster. But I love this KCP move. Love it. Love it. So you really, and this also does a couple other things. The lead guard on the other team, Aaron Gordon, had to go out and defend him so many times. And now he can focus on the wing. And now he can focus on rebounding. And I think that's going to help the Nuggets defense. So now you've got a plus-plus defender at the two. You've got a plus-plus defender in Aaron Gordon. You've got at the center position, the advanced numbers saying that Nikola Jokic is one of the best centers defensively. You've got a lot better defensively here. A lot better. Okay? Now, what do they need to do? They've got Bones. they got Jeff Green. They need some more bench help. We know how horrible the bench was last year. It was god-awful. Disgusting, I would say. Um, so I think Smith could come off the bench. I want to see Zeke Naji take a step up. It, he looked impressive for the injury last year. I still think as the season goes on, Christian Brown is going to earn playing time, kind of like Bones did last year. He's going to bring energy. 
He's going to bring three-point shooting. He's going to bring defense. So they have really, really, really gotten better defensively with this move. And, and you know what? There might be a backup two-guard that they need to sign. They probably do. They definitely need a backup center. So I still think there's about three legit moves that they need to make. Now, here's the big question. And this is going to be a question every single season, I think. Are they dead? Not if. Are they dead when Michael Porter Jr. misses a chunk of the season with an injury? Because I think it would be irresponsible at this point to think that he could play uh, uh, how many regular season games, really? 50? I would be thrilled if Michael Porter Jr. played 50 games. And wouldn't you with this back issue? Um, so he's played what? He played 55 games, started eight in his second year because his, his rookie year, he was out all year. His third season, he played in 61 games, started 54. You, if you could get 61 games out of Michael Porter Jr., 19 points a game like he had, 19 and 7, oh my God, this team would be so dangerous. Like legit NBA contender if he plays 61 games, starts 54, and then is healthy for the playoffs. And then last year it was nine games, and he was horrible, and it was because of the injury. But I think you got to go out and have a backup plan there going forward. You have to. Because it's almost it's almost a deadlock that Porter's going to miss time, and he's going to miss double-digit games. So that's it from here on out. Um, get yourself a backup two. Get yourself a backup center, whether it be DeMarcus Cousins. I like Cousins. I wouldn't mind him bringing him back. And get yourself somebody that could play for Michael Porter Jr. when he goes down. Does it have to be a starter? Uh, somebody that could start in the future. Because you don't want to be in the same boat that you were last year. That was just, that was bad. Uh, yeah, the Jamal Murray thing was bad, but then you throw the Porter thing on it. The top two guys are down. And, and let me just mention Jamal Murray real quick, because there is frustration, or there was frustration in the front office. This guy was 100% ready to go physically. It was the mental part of the game. You can't rush a guy out there and say you have to play, especially when it's a mental issue. But let's make sure that isn't part of the plan or part of the, the issues in 2022-23. Because if he is still having the mental issues and he's not back to where he needs to be as an elite point guard, throw it away. There's only so much Jokic can do. But as far as the deal goes, love the KCP move. Okay, uh, that was number three. This is number four on the front range for the four biggest sports stories on the front range. Rockies Dodgers. Now, no game tonight. Do want to get into a Bet River special in a moment, but after having two solid days of back in the Rockies against the Dodgers, it did not work out very well for me yesterday. As a matter of fact, it worked out uh, poorly for me yesterday. I did not know that uh, Herman Marquez, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm getting all choked up here. Herman Marquez had a sliced thumb, which started bleeding yesterday. Uh, there was no news coming out that Marquez had sliced his thumb open, threw a bullpen, wasn't doing well, okay? And last night, he even said it against the Dodgers, and they took it on the chin to the Dodgers. He goes, it was bleeding, it was difficult, because I couldn't control my fastball. So, a couple things here. He cut his thumb, it flared up three days ago when he was in the bullpen session. He said he was fine, and then he gives up five runs on five hits in th three and a third innings. Listen, they don't win that first five bet 
in all likelihood anyways. I don't think Marquez has thrown five shutout innings. He's probably given up two or three runs in those five innings, but that was kind of disheartening right from the get-go. It was absolutely brutal. As far as scoring runs, listen, the, the process was right. Arias had struggled at cores. This was a team that hits left-handed pitching very well at home, and it didn't work out. But again, got to be transparent. So 0 for 2 last night uh, after getting big time plus money on the first two wins. But let's look forward now. Let's look forward because the Rockies can get out of the cellar in the NL West coming up this weekend. They got a three-game series starting up against the Diamondbacks tomorrow night. Here are the pitching matchups. Merrill Kelly, 6-5, 3 ERA. I'm not going to give you the nerdy stats because I think – you know, these are basic outlines. You could tell how good or bad a pitcher has been from their ERA, 3.64. Sanzatella, who's been excellent at home, 3-4 and four and a 4.66 overall. But game number one, because the special on Bet Rivers right now is the Rockies to win this series at minus 103. I wonder if they boost that up a little bit, though. I wonder if I got in on the special a little bit before. Because for me, that game one, I'm not going to say that Arizona is going to be heavy favorites. But I am going to tell you that they're going to be favorites. And I can almost guarantee you that they will be between minus 115 and minus 125. And as far as the Rockies go, I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the even money to maybe even plus 105, plus 110 range. I think that's something that's possible. Game one, it's going to be an advantage uh, to Arizona. And then it's still a game. There you go. They boosted it. The boost is up officially to 105. So it was minus 103 for the Rockies to win the three-game set. Now it's plus 105. So a little boost there. I don't mind it. Game two, Zach Davies, Austin Gomber. Uh, Davies is uh, innings eater. He was actually pitched okay. 3.94 ERA going up against Austin Gomber, who's been horrific at a 6.55 clip. And then Sunday, one of the better pitchers in baseball, Zach Gallon, 4-2 and two in a 3.32 going up against Chad Cool. Um, who's really turned the season around. Had a great start, took a dip. He's come back. He's getting the ball on the ground, did wonders against the Dodgers. Big fan of what Chad Cool is doing this year. So the Bet, Bet River Special, minus 103, boosted to plus 105, Rockies to win this series. Now, the Diamondbacks took two or three from Colorado earlier this season in Phoenix. I, I wish Arizona was sending a lefty to the mound. Uh, Kelly and Gallon are excellent, and Zach Davies has been keeping Arizona in games. Uh, but let me give you a couple other numbers here of note, and then I'll tell you about this special and what I think about it. Diamondbacks 34 and 42, 15, 20 on the road. Not a good team, not a good team on the road. Rockies just one game behind the Diamondbacks. One game behind the Diamondbacks at 33 and 43. They are 21 and 20 at home. A better team at home and a, a mediocre team at home. Mediocre as opposed to god-awful on the road. I think it's a toss-up as to who wins the series. I'll give the slight edge to Colorado, though, with the Rockies. Uh, look at Merrill Kelly at Coors Field. 8-1-5 ERA in 17 and two-thirds innings with four home runs given up. Davies at Coors Field, not good. 5.03 ERA in 19 and two-thirds innings with five home runs given up. Gallon at Coors has been great, though. 18 innings given up just four runs with a 1-1-6 whip. Um, so I think the Diamondbacks, here's what I think is going to happen. They're going to be favored in game one. Game two, Zach Davies and Austin Gomber. We'll see what happens in game number one if the Rockies win that. I wouldn't be shocked if they are dogs in that one too because Gomber has just been awful. 
And then Gallon at Coors, I think that Gallon is going to end up being a pretty heavy favorite there. So to me, I would bet this game by game, especially if you're going to get even money or better. I would not go with the special. I like the special. I think it's a fun special, and I wouldn't blame you if you wanted to get in on it, but it's not for me. So I think game one, Rockies will be dogs. You'll either get them at even money, minus 105, minus 110 at the worst. Uh, game two will probably be closer to even money uh, for both teams. And then Gallon of Coors, I think that Sunday game you're going to have you're going to have favorites. And the Diamondbacks are going to be the favorites in that one. All right, coming up next, let's talk a little bit more about KCP and Ish Smith with my old buddy from Washington, D.C., Frank Hanrahan, who knows all about the Wizards. He'll give us his insight on his players. I'll give him my insight on our players that ended up going to Washington. He's the host of the Washington, D.C. City cast. Frank Hanrahan coming up next. And then before the end of the show, I just learned about NFL games being shown at movie theaters. That's mind-blowing. We got a robot strike zone, and I got to tell you the story about a pitcher who was the number one overall pick uh, nine years ago. Finally got to the majors last night. Really cool story of Mark Appel. That's next on the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three leg same game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Denver CityCast, DC CityCast. My counterpart in Washington, D.C. is a guy I've known for a while. We did TV together. His name is Frank Hanrahan. Uh, for those of you in Washington, D.C., maybe you remember me a little bit. You probably don't. Frank, it's wonderful yeah. to catch up with you again, my friend. I know you're a huge Wizards guy. Uh, Denver's a weird market. I'm going to tell you about it in just a minute. But how the hell are things going over there? But the DC market, it's still a disaster, right? Like nothing's going right. No, nothing's going right. I, I wanted to ask you, like, why why would Denver trade away two legitimate, like pretty good NBA players for a scrap heap? I mean, KCP's okay, he's average. Ish Smith is a journeyman guard. Uh I don't know what we're doing here. I'll be honest with you. They're about to sign Bradley Beal to this amazing contract he's going to be for a few weeks or months or whatever the highest paid player in nba history Holden, dude averaged 23 points a game after putting in 30 a couple years ago i have no idea what the wizards are doing i really you know i want them to do well i do i've said this for years they should just blow it up and start all over again but this trade with you guys makes it pretty obvious that uh they're trying to run it back and do something you know, a little over 500 next year. It yeah, boggles my mind. It's horrible. They're they're horrible. See, it sounds like you think that this is not a good deal for the Nuggets, and I love this deal for the Nuggets. Oh, do you? Okay. So I, yeah, so let me give you a little background on the guys you're getting, all right? Because okay. here's what the Nuggets need. They need defenders, and neither one of these guys can defend. So Barton can't defend. He obviously turned into a big scorer back in 2016. He's not as efficient three-point-wise as KCP is. Uh, he kind of ran his welcome wore out. People love him here, but he just didn't fit on this team, Frank. Okay. He is a leader. You're getting a leader. Monte Morris, 
second round pick, 12 points, four and a half assists last year. Uh, hit a game winner against Golden State in the playoffs this year, but there was no room for him with Bones Highland. Uh, so they okay. unloaded some, right? So they unloaded, and, and everybody back in D.C. knows Bones, right, from VCU. Sure. So I think what this was, to me, KCP is, is a legitimate winner. KCP is a more efficient three-point shooter, and this team sucked defensively for a long time. I personally think he's an elite defender. Okay, so talk to me here. Yeah, now you tell me about KCP, Ish Smith, whatever. You know, put him on the bench. He's fast. I got to get your take on KCP because I think I'm higher on him than you are. You saw him a lot more though. Yeah, I think you are. He he's um, somewhat efficient from three point range. He does like to complain a lot to the officials, so get ready for that. He, I mean, there were plays holding where he would literally stop mid motion defensively and complain to the ref and go, "Bro, what?" And the guy would go around. Him. Not the biggest KCP fan, I'll be honest with you. Hey, do you remember when he was on work release with the Lakers <laughs> several years ago? Not taking that, was hold that against him. So I, I, you know, I just wonder why the Wizards would pull in a guy like Barton when they just drafted a guy with in Johnny Davis, who is basically they basically have yeah. an overload of swing guards, right? Um, mm -hmm. So they got rid of KCP in one, and they bring in Barton, and they got this point guard in in Morris. Um, I, I, was it was it just because of a contractual setup that they saw Barton was in the final year of his deal and Morris is pretty cheap? Is that why the Wizards got them? Like, is Morris a starting point guard in this league? Because I know in Denver he was kind of coming off the bench there late in the season, right? Um, he he would have been coming off the bench yeah. with Jamal Murray if right. he if he would have played. Okay. So no, I don't think Morris is. I think he's yeah. terrific off the bench, okay. but on a winning team. Like not the Wizards, I think he'd just come off the bench yeah. and, and be there. So no. again, you, you. So I think the problem is you and I have watched these two teams, and we find the warts more than the good stuff. Then, well, look, man, you were here, and nothing as much has changed since uh, what? When was the last time you were in DC? Fifteen, sixteen. That's been five years. Five years, years, yeah. And we're just in quicksand. I don't understand what exactly they're trying to do now. I hear all these pundits talk about. Well, finally, the Wizards have a defensive identity. Uh, is is Morris that great of a defensive player? Is Barton that great of a defensive player? Neither one of them's good. That's that's. <laughs> and we sell this bill of goods, man. I mean, a year ago, the Wizards made all these moves, holding. They had all these new guys, and they're all gone except for yeah. Kyle Kuzma. They had Dinwiddie, they had KCP, they had uh, Holiday. One of the other holiday brothers in town. They're all gone. And I, I'm sure a year ago, Wizards fans were saying, Oh, this is great. These these guys can play. We're just fooling ourselves. Over. It's no yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Well, this team here is just a I, I really do believe a piece of a couple of pieces away, right? Defensively, they just couldn't defend last year. And when when yeah. you're facing the Warriors, you better have somebody that can defend three-point shooters. So you don't think KCP is is he at least an above-average yeah, defender? I mean, he's he's an above-average defender. He he can hit some big shots for you. Uh, what does he make? Like fourteen million a year. Um, I I just think on paper you would say I I think the Wizards actually got the better deal talent-wise with if you include Ish Smith, obviously, um, but. Certainly, there was something that the Nuggets were like, all right, it's just time to move on from these guys. And there's the Wes Unsell Jr. connection, right? 
because he was an assistant coach. Oh yeah. Well, a couple of years ago. So he's mm-hmm. probably like, huh, I like these guys. Let's bring them in. Um, but you know, big picture, man, I, it's not going to make that much of a difference. It's going to be, they were 35 and 47 last year or 37 and 45. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Are they going to be a, a 10 win better team this year? Maybe. What does that get them? A five or a six seed? Like, what are we doing here? So I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, so I think that the equivalent of the Wizards in Colorado would be the Rockies. Nobody really cares about them. They suck. Uh, The difference is Coors Field is an awesome place to watch a game, okay? And then the other thing is they at least made the playoffs and, like, they got a World Series back in 2007. They at least made it. So it's very frustrating. See, and it really is. It's two teams that are at different points. The, the Nuggets, these last two years, the injuries have wasted uh, MVP se- seasons from Nikola Jokic, yeah. who really is the most valuable player in the league. This guy is special, but first of all, Murray was out. Second of all, Porter was out. And I think that this is the other thing. The Nuggets better go find somebody that can play 50 games when Porter Jr. gets hurt in, oh, in all God. seriousness. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but I just think this is a great fit for this team Mm -hmm. and the other thing is aren't they surrounding him with better talent here in in denver than they had in washington and we saw kcp he had a rough start to that lakers run but then he was a key part so again i'm just i i think you saw you might have seen just a different version of kcp than i think that we're getting here ish smith big deal right ish smith for for monte morris how big of a difference is it really well here in D.C., apparently it's a big difference. Because <laughs> everybody's like, oh, we finally got our point guard. I, I, I mean, when I think of Monte Morris, I think more of a – I mean, he, he's got a nice stroke. He can shoot the ball a little bit. Is he a floor general? Is, your, is he your classic point guard? I don't know. You've seen more than, than I have. Yeah. He's a, it's, he's a good – I think he's just a good, energetic piece off the right. bench. Right. I think that's just it's that's the best way uh, to talk about him. But he's coming off a career year. I mean, tw- you know, I'll take the twelve points, four and a half assists, and thirty nine and a half percent from three. It's just defensively, man. Mm-hmm. And that's just where these two teams, the Nuggets, are close to getting over the hump. So when you look at it on paper, oh, Will Barton, Monte Morris. But I think if you dig in a little bit, this was perfect. And the, and the, the, Morris and Barton just didn't fit into the plans here. And I don't know what else you're going to get that's better. Like, how many Contavious Caldwell Popes are there out there that are available? Right. So I just think it's who, who did you guys draft? Christian Brown, my boy from Kansas, who's probably going to be a number two. He can shoot the three. He's a tremendous defender. Then they got a kid out of uh, UCLA who's a project. It's not even going to help. Okay. How was your draft? Well, they got this guy, Johnny Davis, out of Wisconsin. Yeah. Another like shooting guard. He was good at Wisconsin, but again, what is this Wizards team trying to do? I would have liked them to get another rim protector, a big man who can run the floor. They just have yeah. so many, and, and then they'll say it's a positionless league. That's the new buzzword, right? It's a positionless yeah. league, which is basically covering your butt when you just draft another swing guard. They got Corey Kispert. They've got Kyle Kuzma. They've got Johnny Davis, they've got Will Barton, and they have Bradley Beal. So you basically have four dudes who are just running around the three-point line. Now, I guess in today's game, 
it doesn't hurt to have that many, but when it comes down to actual minutes, it's going to be a crunch. And they got Denny much, yeah, yeah. another guard. My God. How much playoffs did you watch? It was insufferable. I like every game is a blowout. It was very profitable because basically you go into any game, yeah. you take the team you think is going to win and you bet them an alt line minus nine and a half. I'm telling you, it was so profitable during the playoffs. They got to fix something. Cause I think this could be a problem going forward. I don't think this was isolated. You just said it, just chuck up a bunch of threes. Well, it's not every night that both teams are going to be good from behind the arc. Yeah. Usually one team's going to be better. I don't know how you fix it. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I took Golden State to win the series, the NBA Finals. I thought that was just the biggest no-brainer. I had no idea yeah. why the Celtics were given any chance. I mean, they showed a little life, but you got legitimately three or four Hall of Famers on the team. I can't bet against them. Um, and moving forward, everybody now, you know, it's a copycat league, bro. So now everybody thinks this is the way we got to win. We got to get four three-point shooters. But if you if you look at the NBA Finals, the, the centers are actually pretty big. Williams was was pretty good for the Celtics, and Looney was was fantastic leading up to the finals to get them into a position to win. So uh, even though they say it's a positionless league, uh, you know, at some point it's all going to come back around, right? Like bell bonds. 100%. 100%. <laughs> hey, let me just get a little football in here because yeah. um, I'm really looking forward to betting the season. And I've given all my thoughts on the Broncos. And if you want any Broncos betting tips, by all means, you can hit me up. But how are the commanders looking? Uh, it seems like it's the same old drama off the field. Yeah. And it seems as though that people actually think Carson Wentz is going to be good for them. Right. I think everybody, sort of like the Wizards, are fooling themselves or, or convincing themselves that everything's going to be much better than it was a year ago. I'm not big on Carson Wentz. Um, not big on, uh, obviously the franchise as a whole. I mean, you're out in Denver, bro, but like here in DC, literally it's every day. There's something different off the field. Correct. Right? And they finally yeah. had some good news with, with McLaurin getting signed, uh, yesterday. Um, but I think the overall feeling is, I think the total is what about seven and a half wins, uh, this year. Yeah. I think that's about right with, with 17 games now. Um, they have so much to prove to everyone. They, they've gone into PR mode with the Daniel Snyder issue. <laughs> Did you see that? Did you see that? You know, even Coach Ron, hey, look, 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 look. I understand it's a social media day, right? But you don't have to have an issue or a comment for everything. You don't. And when Ron comes out and makes a statement, hey, uh, I had nothing to do with what happened before me, was basically like, why would you have to say that? Uh, <laughs> And you know, you know us, man, here in D.C., it's like every time a coach or a player signs here, you just sort of yeah. turn to your buddy and go, oh, he's made a terrible mistake. Yeah. What are you doing here, man? You, you're desperate for a job. You took it, and now look what you've gotten yourself into. I mean, well, it's, it's just an abyss out there. Everybody here in Denver was like, oh, my God, six years without the playoffs. This is the worst thing in the history of the world. They're just a complete Travis mockery. There's no owner. There's nothing. And I'm saying to myself, guys, actually, I said this to people. I was like, guys, you know, it could always be worse. You could, you could have Dan Snyder as your owner. You could be a Commanders fan. Uh, you could be a Jaguars fan. You could be one of these whore. And then they got an owner. They got a quarterback in Russell Wilson. It's just, it really is amazing what a show it is in D.C. It just never stops. It never stops. It never and it stops. won't stop. It will literally never stop. 
until the end. And look, I've said until the end. <laughs> what's what's the I end? Mean, when Dan Snyder leaves, that okay. literally until he actually vacates the premises. We yeah. could go on and on. I'm sure you've had many stories with this owner. I, I uh, there are too many to to actually relate and tell you. But there are just so many issues with that franchise. Look, you are into broadcasting, so am I. I would never, ever, like, let's say they came to you today, Holden, and said, hey, Holden, do you want to be a part of our broadcast team? I would say no. How much money are you right, well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's always yeah, a price, yeah, Frank. There's no, I would never want to be affiliated with them anymore. Like, yeah. I just can't believe people work for them. It's just, yeah. it's a crap show. Well, I was happy when Larry Michael lost his job. He, he didn't like me very much, and I still think he had a little bit to do with my exit. And, did, you, did, you um, see, did you see his video that surfaced on at the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Made yeah. Uh, wow! Can you imagine that? What a mess! Wow! What a mess! Wow. The biggest issues, you know, the hockey team wins the Stanley Cup here. Nice. The NBA, the NBA team was out has a two-time MVP. Here's the deal, though. Seventy-five to eighty percent of Denver can't watch those two teams because they don't have the right cable operator. Like over forty percent of people it. have Comcast here, okay. so the Avalanche just won the Stanley Cup, and like nobody watched them during the regular season. The Nuggets, with the two-time MVP, have the lowest TV ratings in the NBA. So that's the big thing here. The, there's a lot less dysfunction. There's a lot more winning. The yeah. problem is actually watching the teams that are winning. <laughs> what's the uh what's the revive on russell wilson man like you guys that's are... it he's the th he's god Is I, I just you know just yesterday i was at the um supermarket let me see here i took a picture because i mean what are we a couple of weeks in would you like to donate to russell wilson's foundation i mean here i am buying some oreo cookies and some yogurt it. and now russell wilson wants my money so that's where we are pal um <laughs> If, Who's if your you coach? Ever... My God, I don't even know who the head coach is. Nathaniel Hackett from from the Packers. He just came over, right? Yeah, he, okay. he sounds like he'll be good. Things are going to work out here. By the way, while I have you, man, did you see that the Utah Jazz hired a 34-year-old dude to coach their team? Did you see this? Yeah, good for him. And then the Charlotte Hornets hired a the dude they fired in 2018. I know. But – the NBA is just a show, man. <laughs> the NBA is an absolute show. Like, they have done a good job of the drama. The NFL doesn't want the drama, but they get the drama. The NBA is just a bunch of drama queens, man. It's oh, amazing Yeah, I, it's, how they are. Yeah. All right, listen. Yeah. I'm going to come back on my show, okay. and I'm going to talk about um, the – did you know the NFL is shown in movie theaters? Like, you can watch the NFL package in movie theaters? I didn't, I didn't know, know that. that. Okay. That's totally awesome. Robot umps are coming back. Oh, dude, so don't get me started. I'm... Actually, you're the perfect person to talk with this about. I'm glad I am glad I brought that up as a throwaway before we're done. Please tell me why robot umps are bad. Because um, I love it. Because it's sports, and we don't have to get everything right. And I'll say it from this perspective, dude. Like, I will turn on a sport that may not be one of my first choices. Mm -hmm. I will turn on, let's say, women's softball, okay? And I kid you not, in the first five minutes that I'm watching softball, women's college World Series, mm -hmm. close play at first base, 
replay. I just want to watch sports. It doesn't have to be perfect. What is on the line? Really, when it comes down to it, okay, if an umpire makes a mistake, that's just part of the deal. That's the way we grew up. I think I'm showing my age. This is the way we grew up. Mistakes, they happen. Umpires yeah, make it. mistakes. And here's the deal about, look, technology, as great as it can be, they go to umpire umps. You know what's going to happen? There's going to be problems with the umpire umps, too. There will be glitches. There will be issues. So you'll have a real ump back here, just in case. Huh? They'll have a real ump back there, just in case. You know, it goes it goes bluey and it gets hacked by China, you know? China's like, oh, man, Yankees, Mets, Subway Series. Let's, uh, yeah. let's hijack this thing. I'm all for it. Let's just get it right. In baseball, let's just get it right. Let's. I'm sick of it being wrong. The one sport that drives me nuts in is basketball. Like, they should do it's it. just yeah. everything. You hit a game winner, and it's like, let's go to the tape. And basketball is the one sport where I'll give an exception. Baseball, get the freaking Well, well here's right. the other thing, though. Why right now in baseball, why is everything, well, basically reviewable except the strike zone? Or why is it that when they do the check swing, that's not reviewable? Although that probably should be one of the top things that you check. Yes. The check swing. Yes. It's pretty obvious because the camera's right there, whether he went or not. But no, 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 that's not reviewable. So my whole thing from the jump, dude, was either everything is reviewable or nothing. Like there's no in between. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me why certain plays are reviewable and then others are not. And then it becomes strategy, to your point, in basketball. They've got that one coach who's sitting there going, we got we got one review, coach. Let's do it. Yeah. Drives me nuts, man. So the easiest answer and solution to all of this is to get rid of all of it. <laughs> but we know there's just way too much money. Look, hey, hey, I play tennis all the time. They have these apps now that you can use to, to uh, make sure your line calls are right. I hate yeah. it. I don't want to do that. But there's money. I like that. It's actually I like that. cool. Yep. Yeah, you and I are completely on different things here. Just get the freaking, just get the, the strikes and balls right. Get it's, it right. It's, there's such bad, bad calls every day. It's just such yeah. an easy fix. So you so. would be with, the umpire would actually still be behind the plate. Yeah. And he would get buzzed and he would make the call. Yeah. Okay. Well, as long as, as long as people don't lose their jobs, I'm with it. It would be, yeah. it would be weird just to have nothing behind the plate, right? I agree. Yeah. yeah, I agree. All right, my friend. Uh, if anybody's okay. ever betting uh, on or against the Washington teams, check out Frank City Cast, the DC City Cast. And if you're ever betting on or against the uh, the Colorado teams, Denver City Cast. Wonderful catching up with you, my friend. Thanks, man. We'll talk soon, bro. All right. Take care of yourself, Frank Hanrahan, Holden Kushner, City Cast Brothers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. So, a little hodgepodge of things to wrap things up. Is that an old person's term, by the way? Hodgepodge? Does anybody under the age of like 35 use that word? I don't even know if anybody under the age of 45 uses that word. Anyways, I just learned something cool about NFL games being shown in movie theaters. So I'm taking my kids to see Rise of Gru on Friday night. 
not a huge Minions guy, but, you know, they try and make it good for the adults, too. But while I was looking at it, on this site, it said these movie theaters can show movies and they can also do the NFL games. And I'm like, what? So apparently, in these movie theaters now, and I don't know if it's happening by you, but here in, in suburban Denver... You can go to the movie theater now and watch individual games and also watch the DirecTV ticket. Sunday ticket is not going to be with DirecTV too much longer, I don't think. Hopefully not, so we so everybody can check it out. But Sunday ticket, and I think they got Red Zone going on. What a brilliant idea. Now, I'm not going to be going to these games because or, or to these the movie theater for this because I'm usually working on Sunday and I'm live betting this, but... What a great alternative to going to a bar. And I would bet that they still have some things, some, some beer or something. Maybe you can just like, take a flask and go in there. But my God, what an amazing idea. A gigantic screen showing NFL games. And they charge you for it. They charge you for it. But for my money, I would think that it's just a great experience. Kind of like hanging out in a sports book, except it's dark. And you've got every game that you could ever want. Love it. Absolutely love it. Congratulations to the movie business, which have obviously been taking a humongous hit during the pandemic, but it looks like they, they bounced back a little bit. Okay. Uh, that was the football part. I got a couple baseball things for you. Rob Manfred says he fully supports the use of pitch clocks and some form of robot umpires in the near future as soon as 2024. Okay. Well, this has the establishment very upset. Uh, as a matter of fact, I got called an effing idiot uh, because I think this is a great idea, personally. Actually, I, I really like this idea a lot. So the argument against it is, this is the way we've been doing it for years. You know, there's no set strike zone. It's a gray area. You can hit it. You can just throw the pitch. You know what? There's too much on the line. Especially as a better. I mean, every day there's a million blown calls by umpires. And, and I don't want to take the, anything away from them. It's an extremely difficult job. I mean, you've got guys pumping 102 miles an hour. You got a little box that you got to figure out with your own eyes. I mean, that's nuts. But just get it right. And, and why would a computerized strike zone be a bad thing? Tell me this. So now everybody knows what the strike zone is. There's a uniform strike zone and the umpires can't screw it up anymore. Maybe it's a 99% success rate on calling the ball and the strike properly as opposed to whatever the hell it is right now, 95, 96%, which is nice, but we have the ability now to call strikes properly. Why are you against this? I don't understand the pitch clock. I get why people are against it. They don't want to be rushed in baseball. I think that's great, too. I think that's great, too. Time of game going down to the minor leagues where they're using this pitch clock. I think you come here, you're going to have massive chunk of time of game. And more than anything, the pace is going to pick up. The pace. Give me the pitch clock. Give me the robot umpire. I like both ideas. Are there things that Rob Manfred has blown? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely especially during the work stoppage. He just came off like the village idiot. But these are two things that I can completely 100% and totally back. All right, last thing to get to. 
the story of Mark Appel. So I watched baseball all day yesterday, all night. There were day games. There was the Rockies-Dodgers game, which kind of finished the night, which was very unfortunate because, again, I went 0-2. That's not true because later on in the night, I watched Otani completely shut down the White Sox. That dude's so much fun. But here's the story of Mark Appel. So I watched the Braves and the Phillies. At least that bet worked out right for me, but I didn't give it to you, so uh, it really doesn't matter. Uh, Appel was the first pick in the 2013 Major League Baseball draft. So the Astros got him with the number one pick. He had injuries. He was awful. And two years after being drafted, he was traded from Houston to Philadelphia in 2015, okay? By 2017, he was so awful, he was designated for assignment, and he just flat out quit baseball altogether in 2018. And he said, I'm probably not going to return. And then after he quit in 2018, he had surgery on his right shoulder, just in case he changed his mind. And he did change his mind. 2019, 2020, he didn't. He didn't. But he came back last year and he pitched in double A and he was awful. He got rocked, but he said, I'm going to stick with this. And then this year as a reliever, because he was a starter last year, they said, let's just move you into bullpen. Well, triple, triple A Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. The guy goes 5-0 and with a 1-6-1 ERA and 19 appearances. Came on yesterday, gave up a single, and took care of the Braves with a shutout inning. And it was awesome. Awesome watching him go into the dugout. Literally every single person in that dugout gave him a high five. And while I was watching this, I'm saying to myself, how many of these guys actually know this dude's story? Like, are there a couple of guys in the dugout that don't even know the story of Mark Appel? They all know it now. They all know it now. And his teammates were just so happy for him. It was great. It was just great. And he was one of three first overall picks to ever to not make the big leagues after signing with the team. It was Brian Taylor with the Yankees in 1991. It was Steven Chilcott with the Mets in 1966. And then it was Mark Appel. And now you can't say that anymore. I love these comeback stories. It was awesome to see him go out there. And here was one other thing. On Saturday, he, after he got called up, his flight from Newark to San Diego was canceled. He had a layover in San Francisco. He didn't get to pitch, but they came home and then he got to pitch. I had a flight canceled over the weekend too, as far as long as I'm telling stories here. You ever been on a trip with a four-year-old and a seven-year-old by yourself? Nobody else with you? That, it was, I, listen, it's awesome. I love traveling with my kids. I've done it plenty of times before, but man, we were in Jacksonville. My parents recently moved out there. They like the weather. They like the beach. I don't like going to Florida. So we had a trip. We went from Jacksonville to Charlotte, and then we had a connector to take us back here to Denver. Well, in Charlotte, right as we're about to board our flight, they said it's canceled. And then the kids just start screaming and yelling and crying. Uh, somehow I convinced my son that this was a great adventure. They put us up in a horrible hotel. I think there was a corpse in our room. I'm not sure. I didn't bother looking under the bed, but he had a blast. I mean, I convinced him. My daughter, she's seven. She's a little bit smarter. She was not happy about that. But they both cried when I brought him up to the ticket agent. And, and, and she really worked hard for us. So if you are traveling with little kids sometime, just make sure that they put on a little extra performance in front of the gate agent because uh, that'll help you. We were rescheduled for a flight two days later. 
and she got us on a flight the day before. Okay, I didn't know I was going to go there, but I told you I had a hodgepodge of things to tell you about, and I gave it to you. So we'll come back tomorrow. We got more Broncos talk. I'm sure I'll find an angle on the avalanche. Eh, more likely the Nuggets. And then I'll find an angle on the Rockies. We'll have the game to bet tomorrow night. And again, I, I think that I'm going to take back the Rockies here, especially if I can get them at even money, maybe minus 105. Because I think that the Diamondbacks will be the favorite coming into this one. Thanks, Frank Hanrahan, for hopping on, giving us a little intel on the, um, on the trade from the Washington side of things, telling us a little bit more about KCP and Ish Smith. Our producer, Stephen Young, always doing a magnificent job. Thank you, Mr. Young. I appreciate that. If you get a chance... Please, please, please. It'd be wonderful if you hit the little uh, five-star review for your podcast. And then you said something so wonderful about this podcast. It would just be the most amazing thing in the history of the world. It would make me feel so good. So good. I would look at it and I'd go, what a nice person. What kind of an, a wonderfully nice person just did that for me. Oh, thank you. And also, don't forget to follow me on Twitter. At Holden Radio. At Holden Radio. Hoping Nate Kreckman comes back tomorrow. We'll definitely have Joe Madden. She'll be back on. We'll talk some baseball with her. Uh, I know she wants to congratulate us on the, uh, the big win by the Avalanche as well. So again, thanks for checking out the Denver City Cast. Tell a friend if you get a minute. I'd really appreciate that as well. For Frank and Steven, take care of yourself. This has been the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers.